0: Welcome to the Nage Lane Podcast Extras. In this episode, we talk about PowerColor's 7990 Devil 13 video card and the allure of the lightning. I'm your host, Dennis Garcia, and with me today, I have Darren McCain.
1: Dennis, I was out doing a little shopping for the holiday season, and I think I found... My hot new video card. i got to have it.
0: Another one? Which one are you going to get?
1: Well, another one is kind of a trick question because it's sort of two.
0: <laughs> two video cards. So, so is this like a single board or a dual board or what are we talking about here?
1: So there's a card called the Devil 13.
0: Oh, that new one from Power Color. It's been out for a little while now, though.
1: Well, yeah, but trying to find one of these things is like a holy grail. I mean, it's worse than hunting for a rare online, but it's a 7990 with a custom cooler. And if I'm not mistaken, they've jacked up the clock speeds too.
0: Yeah, it's a one gigahertz edition, if I remember correctly. Two GPUs on single PCB with a triple slot cooler with three fans.
1: And it's black and red. So it's Ninja Lane friendly.
0: Yes, I gotta love it. Gotta love it. So have you seen this thing? I have seen it. And I've read a little bit about it, and from what I remember, it's limited edition, which most of the enthusiast-level gear nowadays is. Right. It's the only one of its kind, and they're only making, like, two or 500 of them.
1: Yeah, I heard 200, but it seems pretty hard to nail down an exact number. But it's also nearly impossible to find one for sale. And we're talking, like, I don't know, four digits plus,
0: yeah at least a thousand dollars, kind of what is it the g t x six ninety range now, of course, you can't buy them or unless you know somebody
1: well, I've been trying to find one just to see if I could buy it, although to be honest, I don't know that I could shell out that much money for a
0: card <laughs> not not for a seventy nine seventy series g p u really but really the the thing that I am wondering is we both know about the card, right. A lot of the enthusiasts know about the card. Sure. We both know that we can't really get the card if we wanted to buy one in, through the normal channels. Like, you can't really go a new to new Egg and buy it, right? Nope, nope. So where are all these review samples coming from, knowing that this is a limited edition GPU?
1: Well, if you believe the 200 number, and then you look out there at how many review sites have them, it kind of explains why they aren't anywhere else out there. I mean... I imagine you had to pull the trigger the first day they were listed.
0: Well, that's true. That's the way even enthusiast-level processors are. A lot of times you have to buy them on the first day. Um, Same with GPUs, because they are limited edition. The Gigabyte, the the new one, the UP7 that we reviewed, that one is limited edition for the most part, but it's kind of mass-produced, so you can kind of get a lot more of them. A lot of the other 7-series motherboards from Gigabyte are... You can buy them for the first couple of months, and then they're gone.
1: Well, it's kind of become an obsession just to see if I could find one out there. And uh, I haven't had really much luck. It reminds me of uh, when I was chasing that Lian Lee 777 case back in the day. And they just
0: vanished. Is that the one that was shaped like a shell? Yeah, the shell. You know, Lian Lee does one of those cases a special design for every one of their trade shows. Mm-hmm. And the shell was for CES and Computex, and it kept re-emerging, actually. But now it's like they did a train. The one
1: train, year. yeah.
0: At Computex, they had it moving back and forth. It was pretty cool.
1: But the train is not going to give me the massive performance boost of my
0: Devil 13. I don't know if that card would fit in that case, really. <laughs> I mean, that card's pretty big. And it's... You know, it's two GPUs, so it's pretty long. It's going to be longer than your standard 7970, even the Lightning Edition, for that matter.
1: Ooh, Lightning Edition.
0: Yeah, I gotta love that card. And then you have the triple slot cooler, so you're going to have to use a full-size motherboard, obviously. Right. Um, They did allow you to do Crossfire on that card, I believe. Because why not? Yeah, you know, you buy two of them, put them together, right? <laughs> but the thing that got me thinking was they're making 200 of these cards. Now... At a thousand dollars, if they sell all two hundred, that's how much money. Well,
1: that's two hundred thousand. Two hundred
0: thousand dollars U.S. Figure in a ten percent profit margin. That's twenty grand. Sure. Now we have to remove the review samples. Now, if it's kind of like DFI, where they have five of their run that they send out to reviews, then some of these sites are probably going to have to send them back.
1: Oh, that's true. I hadn't thought about that.
0: Right. But, you know, a site like OCP, they probably aren't going to send them back. They're just going to hold on to them. There's a couple of sites in Australia that I've seen that have reviewed the card, you know, 19 pages worth of reviews. (laughs) Um, So obviously they had the card, but I don't know if they still have it. They might've had to send it back. So maybe there's this one magical card that's floating around all the sites, but still that figure 10 of them out of the batch They're not going to get any profit on because it's pure marketing. So it's overhead at that point. Sure. At $12,000 worth of profit, is it really worth creating one of these special edition video cards just to promote the power color brand or the devil 13?
1: I'd say devil 13. That's almost as cool as lightning and it looks great. And the big question is, is it a reference card?
0: Well, it's not a reference card, obviously, because ATI, or AMD in this case, they never released a 7990. But they might have a spec. Yeah, that's true. It could be a spec out there. The
1: point I'm making is, did PowerColor have to put the money out to design and develop the PCU?
0: Oh, that's a good question, because if it's a reference design, but one that they could just borrow that will not be used anywhere else, mm-hmm. that becomes a unique design, and in which case they don't have to spend the R&D on the pcb layout they just go and mask it out put some gpus on there and ship it out
1: which begs what did PowerColor do to get it oh. since they're the only ones did they pay out they must have so there goes a little more of that profit either way That's either true. they develop it in-house or they paid for the design because no one else has one right and you'd think some of these like asus is not afraid to put out a limited run top in something
0: oh speaking of asus the uh The GPU cooler on the Double 13 looks a lot like the ROG coolers.
1: Ooh, yeah, that is true. But I guess there's only so many ways you can skin that cat. Well, that's true. So profit could have been 12K. Then you take your design element out of it and you take your licensing out of it. Take your custom PCM out of it. You well you have know, to design a box. You have to ship them.
0: Yeah, that's going to eat up all your profit margin. That's for sure. Now, there is something in the marketing world that is worth a little bit more than profit, and that is word of mouth. True. You know, you want to promote your brand. You want to be able to make it recognizable. Now, thinking back, how how many years has it been since PowerColor has released? A card for review.
1: Well, I haven't seen many, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. It's been a few years now after the Devil 13, how many have we seen? Um, yeah, there's a trickle. Yeah. So maybe this is one of those where they wanted to draw a lot of attention to themselves and they're going to actually take the hit in terms of profit.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. The lost leader.
0: Yeah. To promote their brand and then get more of these cards out into the market Nobody else is sending out review samples right now. So, you know, Power Color seems to be dominating the review hardware sites.
1: That's true. And it's kind of the same as having a high end sports car, which we like to compare to all the time. I know there's a Lexus LM out there. I know there's a Bugatti Veyron, but how many of them do they make? How many people can get them? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's but they of... get the lion's share of the press, the posters on the wall, the drooling at home. Like the Devil
0: thirteen. That kind of brings up an interesting story. What if we had an enthusiast calendar? Oh <laughs> Enthusiast hardware. You know, it'd be like the, the bikini models of the of the office.
1: Well there certainly are some rock and case mods out there. Wouldn't mind having like the classic Doom Cubes and stuff on my wall, but I'm sure that I'm in the very small minority, unless of course you threw in a bikini.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs>
1: but, yeah, uh, the truth be told is, to me, the Double 13 is that maybe extra desirable because it is that high-end and fairly unattainable, I probably will never have an opportunity to have card. So it's sort of the lottery ticket of video cards. You know, the what if I had this card.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the what if. Kind of like, uh, what was our discussion before, the lightning card that i have that you keep trying to steal every time you come over oh
1: my lightning yeah
0: yeah (laughs) so truth be told i have a lot of hardware on the shelf and i think that's why darren tries to steal them every time he comes over because no
1: it's it's not a theft it's a it's a loan
0: a permanent loan oh i'd give it back eventually yeah it's oh here's that dusty card i borrowed from you
1: (laughs) But yeah, that's true. And the Lightning is a good example, but in a different way, much like the Republic of Gamers stuff you mentioned earlier, in that it is obtainable, at least initially. But if you don't pull the trigger very quickly, it's gone. And that is a little bit different than the Devil 13. Yeah,
0: and that's really the the essence of enthusiast hardware these days. You know, there's not a lot of profit margin be made. They design these for marketability for the most part there's a small subset of enthusiasts like myself that lust after these things we got to have them because of their famed overclocking ability or the just the fact that they're factory overclocked or that they're really tall or they're really cool to have or the fact that i've never really owned a lightning for any expended period of time and i kind of like having it on the shelf it's kind of a trophy
1: yeah very cool
0: and going forward you look at what msi's selling primarily, they're doing the lower-end cards, You know, the 670 GTXs, the 660 Ties, those mid-range cards that they're going to be mass-producing. That's really where the bread and butter is. That's what they're trying to get most of, you know, gamers and pseudo-enthusiasts to to buy.
1: Yeah, that's where their money's at for sure.
0: So, does it make sense to create enthusiast-level gear for a small market just to write it off as a marketing expense? Or should there be a more of a plug-in sort of model for enthusiast hardware where you can buy kind of a blank slate and then the enthusiast can modify it and add and subtract components to it
1: i think we've talked about that a lot in the sense that the the hand mod much like when you talked about the volt modding video cards (laughs) is really becoming sort of obsolete because we just don't need it like we used to the off the shelf at least in this cycle the hardware is better than the software in some cases. Extremely better. I mean how fast do you need your games to run?
0: Not really you know, that fast anymore.
1: You know, how fast do you need your even your rendering? I mean your Photoshop and everything used to be the bane of a machine's existence, but now we got what, sixteen cores, eight cores, multi-threading, you know, RAM faster than you know, I ever thought I was gonna see. And it just keeps getting faster.
0: Yeah, that kind of brings up a, a comment that I remember that MassBan over at Hardware Bot had said. He was talking to somebody about overclocking and trying to compare it to F1 racing.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Now, with F1 racing, you're trying, you know, it's kind of a a balls-out sort of situation where you have a certain car style, and then you can put whatever engine you want into it, you can tweak it and tune it. Suspension changes, you know, just a minute little twist of the suspension will change the characteristics of the car because it's going so fast and you have to have a certain amount of heat in the tires to be able to stick to the pavement and right. so on and so forth. Same with indie car racing. But that is still a very mechanical sort of situation where if you need to change the brakes, for instance, you can unbolt the brakes and you can put on brakes. You can't really do that on that such a minute level within computer enthusiast hardware unless you go and take a vanilla card and maybe pull off all of the capacitors and put on a larger capacity. Right. But short of having an electronics degree, you may be frying the card or doing absolutely nothing to enhance the performance. So that's where you kind of have to know about the, the electronics of it. But it still doesn't compare to F1 racing or drag racing or car racing in the fact of how things are tuned to get more performance. that kind of makes sense?
1: Yeah, I do see where you're going with that. In the card realm, at least, you know, the cards are going to have a certain range that's going to be pretty consistent. I mean, the Lightning is going to be a little bit faster, the OC edition, the Toxic edition, you know, whatever your your line is. You're going to have a range between the reference and the high end that is small enough that for most folks, there's no difference. I mean, you're paying for a better cooler, maybe a little bit longer life, a little higher quality components. But to the average Joe, even the average enthusiast, there's not a lot of difference. And when something like this comes out, you got to ask yourself, wow, is it really worth the money?
0: For the average enthusiast, probably not, unless you're going to do liquid nitrogen, for instance. Liquid Mm -hmm. nitrogen is really kind of the defining factor between the extreme overclocker and then the casual overclocker. Mm -hmm. And anymore, a casual overclocker can buy something off the shelf and say hey I'm an overclocker cuz I bought it and, uh, and now the it's doing, OC edition <laughs> it's doing 4 gigahertz yay it's awesome but you can't get up to 6 gigahertz unless you super cool mm-hmm. and you kind of have to know a little bit about the hardware to be able to do that but that is where kind of you draw the line but the lines are really getting blurred to the point where it's cost prohibitive and we've mentioned this before in a previous podcast where there's that cost of being an enthusiast buying that latest edition devil 13 card that just came out yesterday and will be gone tomorrow or the lightning edition that it has a life cycle of a month until NVIDIA comes out and says, Hey, you can't do that with our BIOS. So they rip it off of there and they stop selling the card completely. I believe EVGA kind of had that same problem with the EV bot on their classified edition cards. They had to pull that off to be able to warranty the card and make it attainable to the rest of the world.
1: Wow. Well. Anyway, what it boils down to is, while you've got my lightning card on loan, Devil 13, if you're out there,
0: call me! This has been a Ninja Lane production, copyright 2012. Thanks for listening.